0: Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Sure ADC podcast, the show about anything and everything. This is Lucas, and let's see what topic we can get into today. We talk about movies, songs, video games, board games, food, books, personality traits, animals, history, anything and everything you can think of. So sit back, relax. Because we are just here to have a good time. The debate, that really isn't a debate anymore. Education, education, education. At least all of my life, I was told that I needed an education. We spent 12 to 16 to maybe even 20 or 30 years getting an education, depending on the deg- on the degree you get. My generation even grew up with people saying, You better get yourself an education. You don't want to end up flipping burgers. Uh, but uh, what is it about education? Today, we are diving deep into the topic, the history of education, the different types of education, and is it really that important to get one? Of course, as always, I have not introduced my guests yet, But uh, I have a new guest on the show, and I'm very excited to have him, and that is Jim. How are you doing today, Jim? I am well, and yourself? I am doing good. Thanks for being on the show. Wow, it's my
1: pleasure. Uh, You're talking about one of my favorite subjects this time.
0: (laughs) Well, that always helps, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. It does help. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, we're talking about education here, so, you know, you could... Not know anything about education, but thank goodness you do. Um, Tell us a little bit about your educational background.
1: Well, for 30 years, I was a public school teacher. I taught in uh, various levels of the public school. I taught uh, high school, middle school, and elementary school at one time uh, during my career. And then after I retired from being a uh, public school teacher... I was actually out for a year, and then I received a phone call from uh, a parochial school. They'd had a teacher that had to uh, resign uh, quickly uh, to uh, move away, and uh, so they were without a teacher, and I actually taught parochial school for three years uh, at the elementary level, and uh, all all of it was extremely enjoyable. So uh, 33 years in, in education uh, was... Uh,
0: Quite an experience. So, you might have to educate me a little bit. Haha, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> what is P.O.? Parochial? Yeah.
1: Uh, it was actually a Lutheran school. If you have uh-huh. a uh, school that is uh, uh, associated with a church like Catholic school or okay. uh, Lutheran school and various others, uh, it's considered parochial. It's just not public.
0: Hmm. So, it's not public and it's not private. Is it Or is it kind of condensed into private?
1: Yeah, it would be considered a private school. Most uh, people that go to parochial schools, they do pay uh, okay. for their child to go to that school.
0: So when you were younger, did you always think that you ought to be a teacher? And you know, Is that what you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I, it was probably one of the last things I ever thought I would be. I was such a problem to... A lot of my teachers Uh, actually years later um, at a teacher's conference I ran into one of my former teachers from when I was younger and um, they actually asked me what I was doing there and I told them that I was a school teacher and uh, their response was you're kidding (laughs) Um, but uh, then we went on had a wonderful conversation and uh, they found out that you know that I truly did enjoy the uh, enjoy the the work and uh, that um, and I enjoyed it so much that I stayed in uh, you know like I said 33 years yeah Um, and in in certain ways I'm still doing it today
0: yeah yeah um what did uh? so you said you you coach you were a coach then you also um, taught um, certain grade levels and such but what was your favorite topic to teach
1: you know, actually, I was a, um, I was an art teacher um, at all levels until I became the uh, parochial mm-hmm. uh, teacher. I was a fifth grade teacher in the parochial school, uh, but um, I was a, a elementary art teacher, um, a high school art teacher, and like I said, a middle school art teacher. Primarily the middle school, seventh grade, uh, which is an extremely entertaining grade level to teach. Yeah. Um, Students are really just kind of beginning to become, um, I don't know, just very opinionated about a lot (laughs) of things. Um, But they, I I truly loved it. I really did. Uh, It was, it was really exciting. As a matter of fact, that's how I actually finally decided to be a teacher. I happened to um, uh, work uh, at a, Uh, church-related, you know, like summer school, Mm -hmm. and uh, just someone had asked me if I would help out, and I enjoyed it so much that I seriously thought about uh, going to college to become a teacher, and that's exactly what I did, and um, I did my student teaching, and that that will either make you or break you very quickly. You'll find out if that's really what you want to do, but uh, I had a wonderful uh, student uh, teaching experience. The teacher that I worked for, um, you know, that I worked with, uh, taught me so much. Uh, They can teach you a lot of things in college about uh, education, but you actually have to be in the classroom to really Mm -hmm. find out a lot of of things that uh, you need to know. And then from there, um, the same teacher asked me, Well, do you have a job lined up yet? And I said, No, I've got some resumes out there. And they said, Well, there's going to be an opening here in our school district and i can put in a good word for you and Mm -hmm. they did that and then they also asked me um do you have a summer job lined up (laughs) and i said well no i don't and they said you know i worked at a um a summer camp for uh children from the inner city and they told me they said i think Mm -hmm. this would be a good experience for you and if you can teach there." You can teach anywhere. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I worked at that summer camp for six summers, uh, until I got married. And um and it was a, a tremendous experience and I still stay in contact with all of those people to this day. So Wow. Yeah, it was, it was it was wonderful. I've been very blessed to uh work with some wonderful people in the education field that have made my life much richer.
0: Yeah. I mean that's what it's all about, right? I mean, especially in that field is just Oh, absolutely. You have to you have to love
1: what you're doing or and if you don't love what you're doing in education, you need to get out. Yeah. Because you're you're holding people back if, if you're not you have to be all in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of those things where you have to just roll with the punches and just do what you need to do to, to help someone.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of days you'll go home and you'll just go, hmm, I'm, I'm that that was a different day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a different day than the day before. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, education obviously very important. Um, you know, you yourself was in it for 33 years. I mean, you're obviously passionate about it. Then now, um, and you did mention that you're kind of not in the same field of education but you are still involved in education uh what do you mean by that
1: well uh, i retired uh after the 33 years and my wife and i uh, moved to branson missouri and uh, and i intended to be uh, just that retired uh, but uh, after uh, six months i had uh, nearly drove you know driven myself crazy and uh, I just happened to be going by the Titanic Museum um, one day and I told my wife I said you know what I think I would like to work there. Uh, it's still educating it's history related and I've always loved history and uh, so I I walked in and, uh, and applied and they found out I was a, a former teacher and they were gracious enough to hire me and, uh, and so I started doing that and little by little Um, we have developed an education program for the Titanic where we work with schools and students and individuals all over the world to help educate them and to help them when they're writing papers or uh, doing Zoom uh, presentations for the classroom and so I still get to
0: be in front of students and and I really love that. Yeah I mean a museum is kind of an education system that's not really an education system it's oh, yeah. you know it's it's very much a it's very much an attraction based education i guess yeah in a sense absolutely you can, any any museum art museum history museum you know titanic museum you, you go there and you learn you educate yourself about that time period or that event or that whatever and then i mean you educated yourself so that is some form of education
1: And you know a lot of museums have gone to that now, Um, like you said, art museums and science museums, they have almost all developed education programs so that they can reach out to students. And uh, not only does it draw interest to bring people to the museum, but it also helps them uh, develop interest that they have, you know, um, uh, nature conservancies, you know, that type of thing. They all have education programs anymore and they're really important and people are really taking advantage of them Hmm. they're they're using them you know a lot and uh, it's a tremendous way to learn yeah uh, because there's you know there's a great deal of interest in those areas
0: yeah huh i don't know if anyone in museums ever thought about that way in the future that this is what it would come to but i mean why not? no i don't think they did Yeah. yeah it's it's
1: you know it's something that has really grown and it's grown quickly especially in the last 10 to 15 years
0: Hmm. interesting interesting so first let's just dive into the topic here so first let's talk about the history of education Um, you know not, not, not specifically but you know even primarily back in the day maybe even in ancient times this is a topic that I actually find kind of interesting when I was writing the script and kind of thinking about it was it wasn't necessarily, oh, you sit down and you learn how to read and write. I mean, yes, maybe at first it was like that. But to a point, it almost was about, uh, you know, um, it was almost about just the, physio- the psychological and the emotional and the philosophical ideas that people had. You know, in ancient Greek and Rome, you know, you have Plato and all those um you know, educational people that was more so not about what we think of education, but just about their their outlook on life and their perspective of reality, the universe, whatever. And so even back then, it's completely different to what it is today.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, when you stop and think about education, you really have to stop and think about the Greeks. Uh, you know, they, there's, there's like an old saying that everything that is fluid comes from the Greeks. <laughs> uh, because, you know, you're right, they didn't sit down and have a classroom, uh, you know, type of structure. Uh, it was basically the philosophers would take the students, they were like a think tank almost, and they would, they would walk and they would talk and they would, you know, look at things and, and discover uh, new ideas. And so basically it was just taking great thoughts and passing them on to someone else so that they could develop great thoughts and uh, build off of those thoughts, and so it was extremely fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no, you know, superstructure to the, to the mm-hmm. idea. And then of course the Romans were very big on taking a lot of those ideas and then adding on to them. And you know when you look at uh, anything like uh, uh, the political system of the Greeks, it was so it was so based around the philosophy of, of thinking and uh, the romans of course added on to that and then you know throughout time people have just continued to build off of that type of of thinking then later on you know a uh, a uh, a way of educating became a little more structured yeah but it took a long time yeah. i mean when you look at you know um england and early america you know and you know in france and some of the the places where Uh, education really developed it was almost like it's not a classroom situation it's more of an apprenticeship type of idea where someone that had a skill would teach a skill to someone else
0: on that and that i'm I'm thinking of things while you're talking which is just fascinating to me but you know primarily and you even mentioned you know early america and early british time uh, french time you know, primarily this, uh, the school system was for the wealthy. Um, but, you know, even in ancient times, you would think that they were for, that it was for the wealthy as well. You know, even ancient, uh, ancient Greek Roman times, but you nailed it right on the head saying that it wasn't about, you know, student based or group based. It was more about apprentice based. And, In reality, does that apprentice have to be wealthy? I don't think necessarily that a wealthy apprentice would do that.
1: Well, you know, it'd depend on who they were going to do their apprenticeship with. Yeah. You know, the wealthier families or the families that had some real substance to them, they would apprentice their children or their sons primarily because education, you know, early on was strictly for, for boys. It was very rare for girls to get an education. But, um, you know, uh, for instance, uh, I read something recently about uh, John Adams, and John Adams apprenticed his sons to other lawyers uh, so that they could learn the law. And, uh, but if, let's say, for instance, someone was, uh, you know, a, a, a barrel maker, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the child that he would take on as an apprentice probably didn't come from a wealthy family. Um, You know, and a lot of people would apprentice their children very young so that not only could they learn a trade, but then they would be young when they were starting out to get, you know, business and uh, and they would be making money to help the family. And so that's kind of what the goal was to apprentice your child out was so that not long after they were apprenticed, you know, and they'd have to spend some time being that apprentice, but uh, then they would eventually be helping the family make money.
0: Yeah. Well, rabbit hole for a second because I you know all the listeners know that I enjoy rabbit holes. But, you know, there maybe that does have a kind of a a flow to it because I'm thinking about all like the child labor laws and stuff like that, you know. There had to have been a moment, you know, when did we start start thinking about education from a job perspective, from an education to a school perspective.
1: The the way that they started uh, making a change, I mean, you can look in America, you know, like clear up into the 1950s that people, yeah. they went to school because they were expected to go to school, uh, but not necessarily, um, you know, to, to go in, into, you know, like college or anything like that. I mean, your you're people that had some substance were going to college in those times. I mean, my, my, my parents were born, um, you know, because and this is going to show every, all your listeners that I'm old, but uh, your, uh, my parents were both born in 1919, and they lived through the Depression. And um, my father actually quit school as a very young man uh, to help take care of his family. And um, he was a World War II veteran. Um, he came He came back from World War II. And then that's when he continued his education hmm. and went on to, uh, you know, uh, have a very nice career uh, working for a uh, power plant. But up until that time, education was not important to every family. And, and there were people that were going to college in the 40s and so on. But, I mean, it just wasn't that that focused, hmm. um, you know, and uh, I have older siblings that uh, most of us uh, went to college, but my oldest brother did not. Um, you know, he he got out of school and went right to work. And um, so it, it just wasn't really um, that impressed upon him to do that. Not yeah. like, for instance, I made it kind of important to my son to continue his education. Yeah. When he got out of high school.
0: Yeah, yeah, that it's just that's just that part just it, for some reason it just made me think about that. It was like, was there a correlation between, you know, the apprenticeships of the time period, of okay, you are not this is how you you're not going to go to school, but you're going to go and train with my buddy lawyer, yeah. you know, the laws of the trade or the rules of the trade or whatever, yeah. you know, to, to well, all of a sudden these kids are now going into education of you know minds and you know like more labor intensive stuff so that they were able to make money and uh you know help out the household but then they realized oh hey this is not what we need to do yeah this is we need to actually give them an education of learning information to help them get a job
1: yeah Hmm. And you have to stop and, you know, remember that in a lot of these countries, and it doesn't matter whether it was America or England, Ireland, Germany, you know, so, so much it was based on agriculture yeah. in the early days that, you know, and if you stop and think, why, why do we take three months off in the summer, uh, basically, originally that idea was because of agriculture. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, so that young people could help out on their farm, and there were other times during the year too that you know, like during the harvest uh it, let's say a student was going to a a small country school, and uh they would uh they would simply just leave school and take some tie off to help out on the farm, you know, and it wasn't impressed upon anybody. Oh, you've got to be in school every single day—that kind of thing. If a, if a kid was getting any kind of education at all, you know, in early America, um, they were excited about it. Yeah. You know, and um, you know there was so many things that, that, touched on agriculture at that time that really influenced how much schooling yeah. you actually got.
0: Yeah. That that's fascinating to think about. I mean. Just the fact that, I mean, people. I don't think people realize how much agriculture and farming actually have in their mundane lives, such as schooling or even even uh, uh, daylight savings time, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And so it is fascinating that, uh, that that was a correlation with everything. But you mentioned, you know, early America and everything. You know, what made it so, I mean, of course, you know, there was that period or maybe there there was that period where maybe the public school or, you know, getting an education wasn't that big, but yet there were schools there for the wealthy, you know, what made those, those schools, you know, have that influence that they did? I mean, what were they teaching? Were they teaching law? Were they teaching, you know, medicine? You know, is that the type of thing that they were teaching and only the wealthy could learn it, do it, afford it, that type of situation? Well, you know, education at that time was actually pretty condensed.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, you were learning certain, certain things. You were learning to spell. You were learning to read. You were learning to write. You were learning uh, mathematics, you know, those kinds of things, some science. Um, but when you, when you look at early schools, it, it's really kind of uh, interesting that a lot of towns, the reason why they built schools is because they wanted to show that we are becoming a progressive community. Uh, there were mm-hmm. certain things that they wanted to have in their communities to show that they were up and coming or that, that you know, people, because immigration was becoming so big uh, at during, you know, the early, well, the mid-1800s uh, up until the early 1900s especially, Uh, Like, from 1860 to 1912, four million Irish immigrated to the United States out of a country of eight million, you know? So they lost half their population to immigration during that time period because it was so hard on everyone living in Ireland at that time. And so, you know, when, and, and not to say that all the Irish that were coming here were getting a great education, you know, they were... Moving into large cities like Boston and New York, and a lot of them, you know, found out that it wasn't everything they thought it might be, but uh, it was still better than where they had come from. But, yeah. you know, smaller towns, you know, in the Midwest, they they wanted to show they were growing, and so they were building schools. We have a public school that was a big statement at that mm-hmm. time. But the education was pretty condensed, as I started to say, and you could actually go away to college. At a very young age, Um, you know, like uh, Harvard, some of their early graduates, uh, you know, they were going when they were 16 years old. Interesting. Uh, It's not, you know, like it is today. Yeah. Um, You know, there wasn't a certain amount of, you know, grades that you had to go through. There was just certain, you would get this much and you would test and you would move on. And uh, so. It was pretty condensed at that time. It's just later on that as schools have developed that we've started doing things like writing curriculum.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, that everyone needs to go through this curriculum in order to learn everything.
0: I'm curious if you know this because I'd have to look it up. I don't know what I my head. But were most of the first schools, such as what we're talking about, were those all privately funded? And, you know, were those privately owned schools? Or were those actual, like, state or government-run schools? Usually
1: community-run. Community-run? Community-run, yeah. You know, Hmm. except for some of your, you know, like your larger schools on the East Coast, uh, some of those bigger schools, um, you know, they were kind of community, but also they had a lot of people who would endow money to them. Yeah. Um, You know, people that had done well for themselves or... They simply wanted something named after them, that kind of thing. I mean, you know, and that's true. That's you know, the, but uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. But community, you know, basically was in charge of most of the schools because they knew it would benefit them. You know, the community. Hmm. Um, you know, it would it would bring them up in status a little bit. More people hmm. would want to move there. That kind yeah. of thing.
0: That's fascinating to think about that that they were doing that, because uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Why why not? Why yeah. not put a school in your community that can booster knowledge, education, to form a better community? And you they know, felt Starbucks. the same way
1: about churches too. Yeah, um, communities were building schools. They were building churches. Uh, you know, oh. they were developing uh, road systems. You know, things like yeah. that to show. Uh, because it helped them in trade, you know, it helped them in business. And, yeah. you know, and it, what's really interesting is a lot of them developed because of, of the people that were moving there. Like if you if you look at the river towns all up and down the Mississippi River, um, you can go up and down those, those towns and you can see different types of architecture, uh, different types of schools, uh, different types of customs. And that's simply because of who was moving there. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, off on the near the Missouri River, where a lot of the German um, immigrants moved and settled, uh, there is still uh, German schools. Now, a lot hmm. of them are museums now. Yeah. But at one time, they were German schools, and they still spoke German inside of them. So huh. it, it's really interesting to kind of see how every community kind of had its had its educational system at that time. It's only later yeah. that states started saying we need to bring it all under one umbrella. You know, like Missouri has its um, standards that, that yeah. curriculum has to follow, Tennessee has theirs, you know, yeah. and so on and so forth.
0: That is interesting because I was, ke- because my next question was going to be, or my next thought process was going to be, that I wonder if, I wondered if all, you know, if everything started coming together and it started to become. I I want to say more simplified, but I don't want to say that as well. But when the government got involved. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't know if it was simplified, but it it certainly
1: was there for you to see, uh, you know, the ideas that were there. And, you know, that's one of the things about about education that is that is still like the ancient Greeks. It's still fluid. It's ever changing. You know, when I was in education, you know, there were a lot of people that would say, "Well, they're going to bring this in next year, so you need to be prepared for this." Or and then you know, it might stay around for a year or two, and they were like, "Well, you know, maybe that didn't really work as well as what we thought it was going to." How about if we do this? And so it would change again. And so as as an educator, you have to be prepared for changes that are going to come, and there's going to be some of them you don't agree with,
0: Hmm. and
1: uh, but you know you do your best to adapt but also still make sure that your students are getting what you, what you think they need yeah. out of it yeah which yeah. is after all the most important thing yeah. that the student benefits from the educational system
0: yeah.
1: yeah
0: yeah it's just it's just interesting i mean especially early education is especially before public education the system was created you know the way education i mean even church you mentioned churches even churches were a big part of education back then oh absolutely you know, in, early, in early america early ancient whatever um so that is just fascinating and then of course you know this brings to the next topic of the public education s- you know system and and just what you said earlier about it was more condensed it was okay you learned to read or you learn to write you learn to read you learn to uh, you know, what mathematics, you know, add, subtract, basic, con, you know, condensing it all down. Yeah. And then people were going to college when they were 16 years old. Yeah. You know, I don't think you even graduate high school when you're 16 years old. Uh, so, I didn't. <laughs> so why, why did they think, oh, more is good? Like, why is that? Like, did they think, oh, shove more? knowledge into them and therefore they'd be better or you know like what you know it's just it's just kind of interesting with with how much they they teach kids and they just is it too much uh you know
1: sometimes it can seem that way uh but like everything else you know as time goes on i mean you know we're still not we're still not uh riding horses as a main form of transportation yeah Um, You know, everything else uh, advances, and so education needs to advance, you know, and, you know, it's amazing that when you really stop and think about it, think about all the wonderful things that are out there that someone has invented (laughs) or that someone is able to do, like, uh, you know, when you stop and think about all the advances in medicine, the amazing things they can do, someone somewhere a long time ago said, well, how about if we do this? Is there a way that we can do this? And no. so you have to advance education in order to move on with those kind of ideas. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, it can be a, a little overwhelming, especially for some students because, you know, not everyone learns the same way.
0: Yeah.
1: And you And that was one thing that I was always very careful of. When I was teaching students, I knew some kids would understand it one way that I taught it, but they might, others might not. And so you've got to make sure that you're covering everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some people that can learn just simply by reading it. Yeah. There are some people that, you know, if they see it, uh, they understand it. There are some people that actually have to physically do it to understand it. And so if you're if you're covering, you know, all these different ways of learning, and that's one thing they, you know, that... that they told me, and I used to tell young teachers, you have to find out how they learn.
0: Yeah.
1: And by doing that, then, you know, you may have to advance how you're teaching it. And so there are changes.
0: Yeah. I guess it was just kind of more of a, I don't want to say simpler simpler time, you know, back then. But, you know, they were focusing, the primary, what they were primarily focusing on is reading, writing, basic math. Yes. Um,
1: And anyone who could do that basically could be a teacher. Yeah. You didn't, you know, when it really started out, you didn't have to have any type of certification whatsoever. You could go into a community and be an educated person yourself. And the next thing you know, you could be the school headmaster. Yeah. And, um, Um, you know, I mean, the
0: fact that you even read books. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So, and, uh, but it is fascinating because, you know, even within the last. I'm 29 years old, so even in the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, um, I think when, I mean, I think when I, I went, I mean, I went to smaller schools, so I learned the the home ec, you know, how to, not necessarily how to sew, but like, you know, how to cook, how to, you know, do all these things, but wasn't the point of education back in the day to kind of give them a jump start in life per se. Oh, yeah. And then education now is just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't like math, <laughs> um, but I can do math. I'm obviously, you know, I'm in a math profession now. But, uh, but you know, calculus, you know, all these, you know, algorithms and all these specific things. And, you know, there's just so much that that there's some things that you might never use again after you leave and then they got then they usually get rid of that you know basic how to read a recipe how to measure something yeah you know how to do those little things that, that they would in a home ec class oh yeah so that's kind of fascinating to me that they have kind of moved away from that because they felt like it wasn't needed or well you know it
1: it's one of those things where you know as technology has advanced they try to lean more towards that than they do uh, some of those life skills things because there's a lot of people that, you know, like for instance, uh, I've known students that they've told me, um, I don't need to know how to use a lawnmower. I'm never going to have a, uh, a lawn. Yeah. I'm going to live in an apartment in a city. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to eat out all the time. I don't need to know how to cook. And I'm like, well, you know, it might be a good sure idea you if you, you learned a little bit, you know, but, you know, those are great conversations you have with kids. And, and, You know, it wasn't like that when I first started teaching. A lot of those kids did want to learn those uh, life skills. When I was in school, uh, people took classes that were based on life skills. But I think we've moved away from it because people have moved away from it. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things that, um, like I said, it's become very fluid. And some people have accepted the change very easily and other people have not
0: yeah and maybe they think more so that it's you know the parents can teach that you know if 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 a if if the parents wanted to teach that or they could learn from the parents they don't really need a a class to justify that you know it's just fascinating what they what they teach in school of course i've been out of school for a while now but but it, it it's it's fascinating what they think is important for you to learn yeah and then You know, I mean, so many, so many people, you know, you always hear about it. Man, I really wish they would have taught me how to do taxes, you know, (laughs) stuff like that, or like how to balance a checkbook. I mean, we don't use check. Well, people might use checkbooks nowadays, but, a few. you know, a few, but, uh, but it's just fascinating to hear people say, you know, I wish they would have done this or I wish I would have done that because I had no idea when I graduated or whatever, but well, and
1: you know, and that's one of the things my wife and I have done with our son as when he was young because we taught him those kinds of things because they weren't teaching them in school. Um, but, you know, when people say, oh, well, that's going to be left up to their parents to teach them, they may be missing the mark there, too. Um, because I'm going to say something that may make some people angry, but I found it to be very, very true. Yeah. Uh, when I was teaching, um, you know, and early on, um, there was always homework. There's always homework. And, uh, you know, and as time went on, I found out that homework was dooming some students to failure mm-hmm. because there was, you know, as, as towards the end of my career, um, I was finding out that students that, you know, had to take their work home to do, uh, they were not getting it finished. They were taking lower scores. And so I did something that a lot of teachers that I taught with just couldn't accept. I basically got rid of homework in my class because the students that had good structure at home where their parents would say, okay, now you've got to get that done, they would get it done. Yeah. But if you had a, a parent or you know, if it was a single parent uh, family or if you had uh, both parents working a lot of the time, mm-hmm. uh, there was no one there to make sure that child was doing it, that child would come back, their homework might be kind of done but not completely done, and so here was a student that basically could get a higher grade if I made sure that they had time to do it in class. Yeah. And uh, once I got rid of uh, homework in my class, I saw grades go up. I saw kids become more successful in my classroom. Mm. And, um, and I also saw a change in behavior. Yeah. And uh, because students felt like they were succeeding in my classroom. Now... Like I said, not everybody agrees with that. They think they need that that practice. Okay. <laughs> but do they need two or three hours of practice on something at home? Yeah. Uh, couldn't it be shorter than that? Yeah. You know, and make those children be more successful. Yeah. And um, and plus, you know, if you send a lot of homework home and the parents don't know how to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Then, then everybody, it becomes an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so... Uh, If you find time where they can do it in class, where the teacher is the expert and can help them, they're going to be more successful. And isn't that what we want? Don't give them the grade, but help them be successful. Yeah, you know they'll feel more comfortable with it. They'll they'll feel safer with that kind of structure. Yeah. Like I said, not everybody's going to agree with that one, (laughs) but uh, because there's some people that still believe in homework.
0: Well, you know, it's it's just one of those things where. You know, education is a very fickle friend and that some people have their opinions and other people have their other opinions. Yeah, so they you do. know, it's 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 just it's it's just what's doing what's best for the child. I feel like that should be the number one priority. doing what's best for the student to make them grow and in and, and whatever they you know whatever yeah. they choose to do or whatever they, you know, want. 'Cause and you're you're a hundred percent right, you know, I agree with that about uh I mean, not everyone's home life is going to be the same. Yeah. And so why bring, you know, something that affects their uh, schooling and their education on something that they can't control?
1: Exactly. You know, when people say, you know, well, you're not teaching them to be accountable. Oh, I could teach them to be accountable in class. I had, you know, for my classroom, it was, believe it or not, it was extremely structured. Uh, And they knew there were expectations of them. And uh, I was not a washover as a teacher. (laughs) You know, I had very uh, big expectations of of behavior and how they treated each other and making sure your work is finished and doing it to the best that you could possibly do it. Um, You know, and so I was very big on making kids be accountable. Um, I just didn't want them... To feel like they were out on a lifeboat all by themselves, yeah. and uh, didn't have anybody to help them, and because then they become frustrated, they see a downward spiral in their grade, they get to where they don't care anymore. Uh, they they feel like they're sinking and they have no no one to help them, and um, n- that benefits no one.
0: Yeah. Well, know? especially since especially since the world that we live in today is so focused and based around education oh, um yeah uh, it's just it's just amazing what you know when i was a kid it was go graduate high school go to college yeah and now it's graduate college get uh, or go to graduate high school go to college get your master's and then it's going to be this you know it's just kind of like more education more education yeah. And and people, you know, and that's that's what's the funny thing about jobs is I think it's funny whenever you graduate from college and they're like, Well, we want someone with experience. It's like, Well (laughs) it's like it's an entry level position and you require someone with experience. (laughs) Exactly. It's like can't my college be my experience? I mean if they're making me go to college for so long, you know, why can't that be the experience of of it? Yeah. But uh but kind of sidestepping a little bit Uh, you know different types of education you know we've kind of hit a lot of that along the way but one of the things we haven't talked about yet are just you know trade schools you know Um, and that's kind of touching back on you know a little olden time stuff but uh, but you know to to learn to be a plumber or electrician or carpenter or mechanic or um, and then of course you know I guess comparing that to higher education. I'm using air quotes since you can't see me, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, what are your thoughts on that perspective on trade schools and stuff like that?
1: You know, there is a real um, big push to get back to that now. Yeah. Um, not everybody wants to go to college and no, not everybody can go to college. Uh, I think trade schools and technical schools are a wonderful thing. There are a lot of people that they feel much more comfortable if they're doing something that's interactive and working with their hands and learning a trade so that they can go into the workforce fairly quickly they don't want to go away to college they don't mm-hmm. they don't want that experience and that is all well and good because yeah. to me it's just important I mean when you stop and think about it um, you know my my wife and I we have bought and uh, worked on, several houses through our married career. And we always enjoyed doing that um, together. And there were a lot of things I could do. Um, You know, woodwork I could do, you know, flooring I could do, that kind of thing. Uh, Plumbing I could do. But I guarantee you there's one thing I never touched. And thank goodness there were experts out there, and that was electrical work. Oh, yeah. Which is really weird because my father wasn't, that's what he became. (laughs) Oh, really? Uh, But, um, uh, you know, I just have no use for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so it's good that we have people that have learned those skills because those skills are extremely important. You don't want your house being... If you're building a house, you don't want it wired by some guy that thinks he knows how to do it. Uh, You don't want a plumber that thinks he knows. Yeah. You want those people that have been trained in those technical schools and those trade schools. Do you... And those people make a very good living.
0: Yeah. Do you think that there was a push away from that at some point in time that people were like, well, higher education is better than trade schools. And that's why there was that. I don't know if there was a dip. I don't know the statistics. I don't know the, you know, I didn't look at a map or anything of statistical flow of it. But, you know, like you mentioned, there has been a push towards trade schools. And the only reason there would be in common sense or thinking about it. Is that maybe, you know, in my generation, or maybe even a little bit before my generation, that there was a negative thought process for trade schools, and that they thought, oh well, no, you need to just go get a higher education.
1: Oh yeah, I I think there was a definite, uh, pe- a definite way that people looked at that and said, well, you know, he's not smart enough to go to college; he should go and learn a trade like it was something negative, Uh, when in fact, um, you know, it's the same. It's us Hmm. finally realizing that people learn in different ways and people have different interests. And we're taking care of that now. And uh, I know a lot of uh, public schools that they have those kinds of programs now because they're saying to all these students, if you want to go to college, that's fine. If you don't want to go to college, that's fine. Yeah, They're equal. And, uh, you know, now there are certain things you're going to have. If you want to be a teacher, you're going to have to go to college. If you want to learn electrical work or plumbing or welding, which, you know, those yeah. are all wonderful trades, mm-hmm. then you don't necessarily have to go to college. You can go and learn them from someone else. Yeah, And, and I'm really glad to see that schools are finally re- realizing that. And providing for those students, you know, instead of just saying, well, you know, you're not going to college, you're on
0: your own. Probably because they realized the electrician, the people who knew about electricity and electrician work was going down. They were like, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> something's happening. We're running out of electricians here. Well, so. you
1: know, I tell you, I've, I've always, there's a lot of people that I have had to hire to do work for me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, on houses and things. That I'm so thankful they were there. Yeah. Because I went to college, and yet I don't know how to do those things. Yeah. So, hmm. um, you know, it's just I think it's whatever you're interested in. Yeah. That schools should show uh, equal opportunities on all of them. Yeah. You know, I ha- I have a brother that went into a trade, and he made twice as much money as I ever did as,
0: as a <laughs> well, teacher. Maybe because of that downfall, you know, people weren't going into it as much, so therefore they're like, well, we have this money just lay it around. Um.
1: (laughs) I don't know, but uh, I I do know that it's all of the people. You know, I have have a very good friend that he's a lawyer, so obviously he had to go to college. Yeah. uh, And then he had to go to law school. I have a very good friend that's a doctor. Thank goodness he went to college and medical school. You know, um, but I also have friends that are welders and you know, and and plumbers, uh, HVAC guys, heating and air conditioning. Um, and thank goodness they do what they do, yeah. You know, so it takes all of us, and you know, that's what's made America great, it's had both, yeah. Uh, but now we're recognizing that we need both
0: (laughs) and providing for both, very true. Very, I mean, that, I mean, it's. It's it's not about the job. It's about what you can learn from the person that's doing the job. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's that's just that's just a big thing. So, but uh, while well, the next burning question, uh, this will be the t- the topic that we kind of wrap this up on. But um, you know, what is and, and we kind of you know we've been talking for a while now, so you might be able to just be like, well, it's what we've been talking about. But uh, but what is in your opinion? What is the purpose? Of education, what is the purpose of getting an education?
1: Well, you know, depending on the education, you know, um, well, I think it's the same thing all the way around. It's going to help you grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there there are many people that learn certain things, and they're able to uh, pass that along to someone else. Uh, There are some people that learn things. And they, you know, they don't have that opportunity to pass it on, but yet it's going to help them grow as a person, too. So, uh, you know, that's what I think it is. I think people become much more interesting uh, the more they learn, uh, whether, you know, but, you know, it doesn't matter what they're learning about. Uh, like, for instance, um, I have a very good friend that he is uh, what I affectionately call a motorhead. Uh, he is a, uh, an expert at rebuilding motorcycles. Hmm. And it is so interesting for me to go and sit and listen to him talk about putting these things back together. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it's a newer motorcycle or one that's been around uh, for 50 years. Uh, he's, he's wonderful at putting them back together and making them live again. And uh, I could sit and listen to him for hours talk about the history of why they made this and how this changed from the part that they used before and the way they work in a modern motorcycle. I mean, so I think it makes everybody much more interesting. Um, they may not see it as that, yeah, but to somebody else it is. And, um, you know, I just feel that if you're learning And if you are interested in being a lifelong learner about something, anything, um, it's just going to make you a better person, uh, a more interesting person. But the one thing that, that, you know, I think is very important for people to realize is that when these kids are little, you know, they start out wanting to learn. They want to absorb. And That's one of the reasons why I can't get away from it because, you know, when I was teaching school or whether I was coaching football or coaching wrestling, when you see a student or an athlete or somebody get it, what you're wanting them to get, it it is the greatest feeling in the world. (laughs) You know, and when I was coaching football, I was not one of those yellers. I didn't yell at athletes about this or that. The only time I would really, really get excited and yell is when they got it, yeah. and they were super successful. Um, you know, then I would be like, that's it, you've, you've got it. Yeah. How does that feel, you know, and you can just see them light up. And you know, still to this day, now that I get to go into classrooms and talk about Titanic, these kids, their questions are unbelievable. And you know, and, and when you kinda of challenge them with by answering a question with a question, they come right back with the answer, it's pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. And if teachers are in the in the profession and if they feel that and get that excitement, you know, that they need to be there. Yeah. But if they're not getting that they need to step aside and let somebody else in there. Yeah. Um, I've told a couple of young teachers before, <laughs> if you don't love what you're doing... Gotta get out of here. You need, you need to step aside. <laughs> let somebody else in there for a while. Yeah. Tag out.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, children's brains are so malleable. You know, they like you said, they want to absorb. I mean, you, and you always hear about, you know, people... You know, the best time to learn a foreign language is when you're younger. Yeah. Um, you know, two things that I really wished my parents would have forced me to do is learn another language when I was younger and to learn how to play the piano a lot younger in life. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Both wonderful skills. Yeah, just because, you know, it's something something that I would enjoy doing but I know it would be harder for me now Oh, to absolutely. Learn. And so it's just like, you know, they just want to learn. Like you said, they want to learn, they want to absorb, and they're so knowledgeable. I mean, I remember when I worked... Um, you know, with the museum and everything, and sometimes the kids' tours are my favorite tours because, especially the ones where, you know, they say, well, my te- the teacher, uh, we just learned about the Titanic, and we just did a whole, you know, subject or whole whole section over the Titanic, so yeah. we're really excited, that's why we're here. It's like, well, you came to the right place, you know, you were able to come in and, Half the time, they need more information than me. <laughs> I'm just like, I didn't even know that, though. No. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they just, you're, you're 100% correct, you know. The the more that we can just feed into the students and teach them not only, you know, what we need to teach them, but what they want to learn. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just the biggest thing about it. And, of course, yeah. you know, knowing information about the Titanic might not help them later in life, but, you know... It might, uh, it could stem to something else that could, you know, be, you know, learning history is a big, a big deal, learning history, and I hope that, you know, the people that do teach history know that. Yeah. Because that is a very big deal.
1: You know, I had a a very good friend that was a teacher, a history teacher, and he he was a young guy, and he was just starting out, and, you know, he he knew that I knew an awful lot about history, and, and we used to talk about it all the time, and just share stories, and you know, things that were interesting to us, that kind of a thing. But he asked me, he said, what do you think the best way to teach history is? And I said, make it a story. Oh yeah. I said, just make it a story. And I said, and be sure to tell them about the interesting facts about the people, because then they'll remember the people. Yeah. They'll remember those quirky little ideas about them. And, and I said, and then they will, they'll remember the people. Yeah. And I said, because if you don't, they're just going to see it. Oh, there's another person, another date. I got to learn that. Yeah. I said, but if you tell it like a story, um, then they will, um, they will get it. And one day, I you know, after he'd been teaching a little while, one day I was in my classroom and a student ran to my door, and said, "Mr. Myers, you you've got to come down and help. You know, coach, we've got somebody that fainted." And so I went down there, and you know, we got. The student up off the floor and got him out in the hallway and took him down to my room because I didn't have a class that period. And uh, we were, you know, sent for the nurse and, and all that. And uh, I said, What happened? And the history teacher said, I think I told the story too well. I was talking about wounds and amputation at Gettysburg. Oh
0: no. And this kid just, just passed out.
1: Just passed out. Couldn't oh handle my it. Gosh. And uh but uh I said, Well you're telling it as a story, but maybe you need to modify your story maybe just a bit. Not be
0: so graphic yeah, with the yeah. details. And
1: uh he said, Yeah, I was in there, I was just I was acting it out and I'm like Well, you did what you know Too we shit. talked about, but but uh you know, and probably the last idea to leave you with is this every child deserves a teacher that will let them know that they are important enough to spend time on. yeah every child deserves that and these kids are just so special and uh, I know that sounds you know like I'm just kind of making that up but <laughs> you know it, it is thrilling to me when I'm here in Branson and I will get uh, a message from a former student or a former athlete And they will say, hey, I'm going to be in Branson, let's go out to lunch. Yeah. And I get to go see them. And they introduce me to their children. And, um, you know, I always tell them the same thing. There's no greater reward for an old teacher than that. (laughs) So.
0: That is good. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely something that. I remember, I mean, because one of the things that I've always wanted to do was, you know, potentially be a teacher, you know, maybe teach college and stuff like that. But, you know, the, the only reason that I would want to be a teacher was to see, just like you said earlier, to see them get it. Yeah. Just to see them, you know, to, to, to teach them in a way that gets them excited and lets them just be passionate about what they want to be passionate yeah. about. So See, and that's,
1: that's the advice that I gave my son years mm-hmm. ago. I said, I don't care what it is, as long as it's a positive thing, <laughs> but find your passion. Yeah. Find your passion.
0: Yeah. So do you think everyone should go to college? You already kind of mentioned it a little bit. No, I really don't think yeah. everyone
1: should, no. I mean, some. I think those that feel that they're ready for it and that they uh, will benefit from it should go. And those that think they would not enjoy it or that they would benefit from it. I think they need to find a different type of education. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you kind of had some great last thoughts there, but do you have any other last thoughts? No.
1: uh, Just, just, uh, you know, I'm thrilled that I can still be in the education field in a different way and and, uh, that I love doing what I do.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's just something about it, you know. It's just education is such an important thing, and I mean, specific, like I said, the intro. You know, in my generation, it was very much, you know, you gotta do this, 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 and this, and that was just the way that it was. I mean, and, and you know, you don't even mention about, <laughs> don't even mention student loans and stuff like that. You don't even <laughs> talk about that when it comes to education in college. But, yeah. uh, but maybe that was good. We never got to that. Yeah, let's but, not talk uh, about that. But yeah, I mean, we t- we take so much pride in education and knowing and understanding subjects. You know, having knowledge and. That is what makes education and the whole education process and system so complex and interesting. So um, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate Oh, thanks, you. For, thanks for asking me. really appreciate you being here. Thanks for taking the time to do it. But uh, um, education can look different to everyone, whether that person learns to be a plumber, musician, or even a doctor. But it really just depends on what you want to do. I mean, education doesn't even mean you have to learn information towards a position of work or anything in a particular topic or skill. You just have to find it fascinating and willing to learn and grow. So, therefore, you educate yourself in that world to that world. But uh, like I said, thanks for being on the show, Jim. Really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And uh, thank you for listening, you listeners out there. Shows come out every two weeks on Thursday. And you can check me out on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening, stay safe out there, and remember, you don't care.